Welcome back to TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, as always, is my hunk in crime. Mm. Together, we are the Woodward and Bernstein. And today, folks, today we are bringing you our TLDR one-shot. Uh, WandaVision wrapped up last week. We're going to talk about it, but we're going to put our own little spin on it, Nick. What is that? Well, Doc, we I think now is as good a time as any to talk about what House of M and how it's going to play into the MCU going forward, how we believe it will be. We went back, re-read it, and as much as it was talked about prior to WandaVision, you and I both know now, like it's it's, it's going to be uh, play a bigger role going forward. It's just if you if you read it, you connect the dots. So for those who are unable to read, you know, like the goos out there and and Mac and everybody else, we want to make sure we help you guys. We want to hold your hand a little bit. Sometimes you need that a little bit. I know everybody's talking about it in the DSG this week, but this is going to be quite a bit different than the other Wandavision content that you've gotten from uh, from the podcast group throughout the week, Doc. So it's uh, I'm I can hardly contain myself right now. Like I'm. All jittery because I'm so freaking excited. But what have you been catching up on before we get into what's new this week? Uh, so I caught up on a bunch of stuff. Uh, my wife, uh, my lovely wife, uh, gave me most of the day on Saturday to myself. So I was able to get a lot of reading done, get some other things done. Uh, so I caught up on some of the reading from the last week or so. So I read Infinite Frontier, number zero. Oh, okay. So oh, this is huge. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, I really wish that they had maybe come out with this. Yeah. Basically, what Infinite Frontier number zero, it, it pretty much, it was Future State event. It was six weeks worth of books, boom, in one issue. And that could have freed up a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in Future State. Um, but there was some good stuff that was taken out of this. I, I, I enjoyed it. There was a bunch of different stories in there. But you were dead on. We talked about it last week with the Wonder Woman stuff. Like you didn't need like the Yara floor and um, who was the other Wonder Woman? Nubia, um, Nubia, right? Uh, those are great. You can you know, but the that that, uh, that Immortal Wonder Woman, Immortal Wonder Woman, they could have just nixed that all together. Yeah, right. And like I said, give it to Red Hood. Give that title to Red Hood, right? Is what they should. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, it, it did a really straight. good job with you know taking you know talking about Wonder Woman uh, beyond uh what happened in uh death metal and this a hundred percent this book a hundred just this wonder woman arc that was in infinite frontier number zero should have come out between death metal ending and future state starting it would have made uh, a huge difference well, what in if, how people perceived future state you know the whole time you would as because when you you did tell me that you were reading it I, i've thought about it more and more it's like when would it have been the ideal time because obviously when you read infinite frontiers we've talked about already we are and you now well know you realize that sh- this is Wonder Woman looking into the future. It's yeah. not a guarantee that that's going to be the future, but it's very much in play. Why not give us that maybe right in the smack dab in the middle of things and don't make it a 60 issue story, or whatever. Like I, I, I get you want to, like, I feel like it would have been more effective and yeah, sure. People going forward, like, Oh, this isn't necessarily a guarantee what we're going to see. No, but now we have a better picture, a better understanding of what it is and why we could continue to get stories from Future State moving forward. Like we are going to with Red Hood. So yeah. we get the last Imperius Lex. But yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was a little like, frustrating. It was, it, I'm glad we got it, but oh. Like the stories in there were good, but they weren't – you didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Like because we've read Future State. Like this is good for people that didn't – this book was perfect for people that didn't read Future State. True. Like if you didn't read any of the future state stuff, but you want to know about Infinite Frontier, you know, but that's the thing. You also would have had to have read Death Metal. Yes. If you didn't read Death Metal, you didn't read Future State, and you just read this, you'd be kind of like, what the fuck am I missing here? Like, wh- yeah. what happened? Uh, but what they should have done was like all the other stories that were in there, they were good. But because we've read Future State, we didn't need them. If they had just taken that Wonder Woman uh, story from it, Put that out the week between, or put it, put it, released it the week of Death Metal, say. Right. So you've got Death Metal finished, you've got this, and then you have Future State. It would have, it would have completely changed mm-hmm. how at least I entered Future State and reading a lot of those number ones. Yeah. So a little bit of a misfire there, but at least we got some idea where Wonder Woman is and yeah. was during we, we needed that we absolutely um, needed that coming back into this because it was i that was one of the biggest things that was most frustrating like well what the hell's going on with her i don't yeah. understand and i still don't i still don't quite understand the there's supposed to be two earths at the center of the universe now i feel like yeah. that's somewhere has like fallen in the middle of things i don't yeah. 
what happened with that? I got that. I don't know. It was of it. Yeah, but, but so, that's where we are. What else did you catch up on? Uh, so uh, Star Wars uh, Adventures High Republic number two. Uh, again, enjoying this very much. Uh, it's a good little Star Wars uh, story. It's not. It's probably not to the same level as the Marvel version. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is geared right towards the younger audience, but still, if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, still very enjoyable. Um, I read Fear Case number two. This series, Nick, this is going to be a hundred percent gonna be on TLDR. Okay, this book is tremendous, and I gotta tell you, this is written by Matt Kent. Dude's on a heater. Oh, he dude's is. on a heater. Yeah, Fear. He's right. Uh, Fear Case. Uh, he wrote Bang, which I talked about on this show uh, a little while ago. Uh, he's co-writing Berserker. Oh, which uh, I finally, which I read after we did the show last week. Of yeah. course, you reviewed it on Geeks Worldwide. Holy shit. Right? It's not just fucking violent and like high octane. It's raw, man. It Holy crap. It is right. gruesome. When, 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 when he rips the guy's jaw. Oh, it's, oh, it's fucking... Uh, oh but there's more God. to it though, right? Like you get yes. towards the end of the book and there's more to it. So definitely depth to it. Uh but 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 Fear Case is a great story. And uh Matt Kent is uh and he's he's writing another book I read too. Uh shit. Uh, it'll come up. I'll, I'll I'll remember it. But, but you're um, right, he is on a heater for sure. And then I read uh AWA's Chariot number one. Nick, this oh. also has serious yeah. potential. Mm-hmm. This one also has serious potential. Because Brian Hill wrote that, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, the art's awesome. It's got a very Knight Rider vibe to it, um, which is cool. But it, it's more than that. So this is going to be one to you know I'm definitely keeping my eyes on. I can't wait to read the next issue. But catching up on those books this week uh, was a lot of fun. I caught up on Eternals, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit more as we get into what's new. But before we do that, Doc, I just want to confirm: Fear Case, that's a Dark Horse book, right? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, awesome. So yeah. let's go quickly back to DC because we both had reviews for the uh, for their books this week. Uh, Rorschach issue six came out. I've kind of fallen off on this one. I I think I fell off on issue three. It was good, but I mean, you know, there's it's there's a lot being written. I didn't think King was necessarily doing a bad job. It's characters that like I'm not entirely invested in enough. Uh, so I think I'll go back on it, but. Um, I, I fell off. Whereas American Vampire 1976, I've been actually catching up on that one as well. I've been, I did fall behind on that one, but that's more than anything because of Future State. We just had so much that we were trying right. to and keep up with. So we had all, everything covered for you guys. But uh, I had Batman Urban Legends issue one. And, and I'll tell you what, when we did Future State, I got a lot of shit from Doc because I gave him uh, the Red Hood book where that's you know, dark detective, dark, dark detective yeah. oversight on my part. This one has red hood in it. And as much as I wanted it, I want, I gave you the chance. Do you want to review Batman urban legends or do you want to re- review the Joker? And you this was on because I had, I was just like, Oh, I'll do the Joker because you're t- you know, t- Tinian or Tinian, Jesus, just Tinian. Yeah, he even, uh, yeah, Jesus. I'll tell you what, I've got that wrong I, in my head. I always <laughs> said his name wrong till I yeah. heard you say it out loud. Tinian, uh, and so I was like, oh, oh, Joker, tiny. And I completely forgot, completely, completely forgot that my other guy, Zadarsky, uh, was doing Urban Legends. And so I, yeah. you, 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 you're lucky because you caught me in a moment of like mid parenting. And I'm like trying to, and I'm just like, oh, I'll take, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm looking quickly. What reviews do I have next week? So I don't want to do multiple books. I don't have anything. Okay, yeah, I'll take the Joker. Yep. And I I'm, was. I mean, I love the Joker. It was awesome, but I'm really fucking pissed. I didn't even. I I wasn't gonna go and say you realize Chip Zdarsky wrote this because like I still want to read. And, and on top of that, you have the Grifter story yeah. also featured in Batman: Urban Legends, and Matthew Rosenberg is doing great with that. Yeah. But I was like, oh, Joe. Like I asked you, do you are you sure? You were like, yeah, I, yeah, I want the Joker. I mean, and you got Punchline in there too, which is awesome. But I'll tell you what, man, yeah. Red Hood fans. You need to get in on this. There's no question about it. This is like this is the closest that we've been back to you know, the Red Hood that we want. And I'm talking like I love New 52 and under the Red Hood, obviously more villainous then. But the New 52 Red Hood to me was the, the combination of villain Red Hood and the Red Hood we got in Rebirth. Like I, I feel like it was like the happy medium. That's my Red Hood, and we definitely get that here on, with Zdarsky, and I am fucking amped for it. Yeah, I mean, Zadarsky, uh, he he's just 
as I told you, read fucking Daredevil, dude, because he's just he's that good, and he underst he understands the characters in which he's writing. Like he understands them really, really well, and he gets to the the the, the basic human emotions with some of these characters, and it, it, it elevates the story. And the story that we got in issue one of Urban Legends, man, was awesome. It mm -hmm. was just so fucking good. It was, and I'm trying to look up the name of the artist too, because that was the other part oh, of it. Yeah. That, that, that really art was like, tremendous. You, look, I I want a really good artist on Red Hood, of course. I mean, I want a really good artist on anything that I'm reading. I'm, I'm generally not going to give it a chance. But uh, Eddie Barros and Ibra Ferreira were doing like. There's also flashbacks, and I forget who the artist was on that. The flashbacks they serve a purpose. They're fine, but those guys, yeah. uh, Barros and, and Ferreira, man. They did an outstanding job. It's dark, like the the in the. I'm re I'm really in on this. Like it feels like I'm watching a a high end like crime drama right now with you know yeah. with a good amount of action in it. So it's it's. But how is Joker? Because I haven't read Joker, that yet. Joker was great. Uh, Joker was great. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's it's and he he you know I, as I wrote my review because I reviewed this for uh, for Geeks Worldwide, uh, you know. By now we all know the Joker, who he is, what he encompasses. So it's hard to tell a good Joker story that really hasn't been told before. And so you know, Tynan is, uh, is is sort of taking the role of the Joker as the boogeyman, someone who is there. He's an ever, you know, he, he's he's always there, uh, and, and 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 haunting the people whose lives he's he's in. And, and in the book, it's it's Detective Gordon. And so we're, we're, oh. we get this really good story with with Gordon. And he's now retired from the force, and he is presented with an option. He can continue to do what Jim Gordon does, and that's live by the letter of the law, or he can do what is needed. And so it's a great element of that in this book and, and where it goes. And the Joker, as I wrote in my review, he, he, it, it, it's, it's more focused on, on Gordon and, the, and, and his narration, but you get – the Joker without getting the Joker, if that makes sense. And the artwork mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic. It was mm -hmm. so, it was. Um, well, how was the punchline stuff? I really want to hear about that because I know Mirke Andolfo is the <laughs> artist on that too. Yeah. So the punchline uh, is great because it, it picks up right where that one shot uh, left off. Uh, well, not, oh, not exactly, good. not exactly right where it left off, but same, same time, like boom. that's in play. Got it. That's exactly. And, and we love that. And oh, that one so was good. that one was written and drawn by Andolfo, I believe. This one was just drawn by Andolfo, but it still had the same spirit as, and it was quick. It wasn't a long short story, but the short story in there was really really good. And I believe, uh, I, I don't know when the the series is going to pick up in earnest, but I can't, I can't well, wait for that. I fully expect to to read this. I got to ask again. We've seen such a small amount of punchline. You know, you and I, when it comes to Joker Award, we were not really all in on that. I, I yeah. saw a little bit of it from uh, from the Nightwing perspective and everything because yeah. I was reading that. I, I did enjoy that, but from what I've seen of punchline, and, and in Red Hood too, he's, he was involved in that as well. A punchline. Do you think she has a chance to, at some point down the line, surpass Harley Quinn in terms of popularity? It's you know, it's going to be tough. But I think there's a chance. I mean, what made Harley Quinn so special was Batman the Animated Series. Mm. I mean, that that was her catapult, and that just threw her into a level of fandom uh, that uh, you know wasn't expected. Now, I I think I think in terms of if you just take a look at the characters, you know, I think Punchline to me definitely has that chance because she's more maniacal. She's yeah. more diabolical, whereas Harley is just like cocaine crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? Just, just, just off the walls. Harley um, definitely walked uh, or crawled so the, so Punchline could walk or walk so she could run. However you want to put it, I'll tell you what, man. Like the thing that for me is like you, you bring up the cocaine crazy. I think pun as much as they try and make Harley Quinn a deeper character, as much as I'm always going to you know have a spot in my heart for. Yeah. She like she doesn't have that same level of depth to me that Punchline has shown already because right. Harley Quinn is like it's like she got it roped into all this because she's nuts as much as she's been great in under, you know with Katana Collins taking care of her over in the the White Knight uh, the the Murphy verse excuse me I think Punchline in general has a chance to be a, a big deal soon well, and that's and that's the difference between the two because Punchline is mainline right now mm -hmm. right whereas 
Katana Collins' version of Harley Quinn is just in this in the Murphy verse in this small bubble in the in black label. Right. You know, if if that Harley were to then sort of then get adapted and become, I hate to say this, the, the canon of Harley going forward, then we can we can probably have you know, it's probably much closer. Right, but it's but I think that's so hard. I, but now because well, Punchline's already doing it, it's tough. But I think Punchline is is on a rocket ship. She will be on a rocket ship because mm -hmm. that character is just they're the same in terms of both you know like clowns. They wear mm -hmm. that that makeup, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's something much more diabolical to to Punchline than there ever was uh, with Harley Quinn. When you talk about rocket ships, of course, uh, you know when we talk about comic rocket ships, uh, Boom is always at the forefront of my mind because obviously they're all, you always have them on the rise. And I know this week they are really busy, especially you know for your your catalog. I know Mighty Morphin issue five came out again. This is a book that I've said that I think I will go back and read. I know we have Power Ranger fans in the DSG and everything, everybody that follows TLDR. So just want to make sure that that, guy, that you guys are aware of that. Uh, what else is out from Boom this week? So it was a big week for Boom because the last couple of weeks it's been pretty light um, on Boom titles. But um, Proctor Valley Road number one came out. This is a book that I've been uh, anticipating. It was it was getting a lot of buzz on Twitter uh, for a while, and um, and so that dropped this week. This is a very interesting uh, book. It sort of takes place in the '70s, so it's got a very like um, uh, dazed and confused uh, vibe to it. But there's a horror story here. Um, so this was really interesting. I, I it, it took a little bit to really kind of get into it about halfway through, but then once I got there, I, I you know fully invested. So this was a great book, um, Luna number two. So I read the first issue, wasn't my favorite, but the way it ended, I was a bit intrigued. Um, I only got about maybe halfway through it. I said, Nah, it's just it's just not for me. Like it's a vampire story, but it's just. Not the me, art dog. isn't. It's not for me, dog. The artwork. I mean, while the art is beautiful, it's not. Again, it's not for me. It's just this book isn't for me. But I can see how it. You know, it will have a. You know, a good audience. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm out on Luna going forward. But uh, that that dropped this week. Uh, Last Witch number three. This is another. Uh, so the last two books by Boom that I have here are uh, um, Boom Box books, which again is more sort of a an all age, not all ages, maybe a more young adult. Uh, series that they do, but um, uh, Last Witch number three came out. Mm -hmm. I love this book. This is this has been a really fun, really fun little book. And Spectre Inspectors number two, uh, same. Uh, uh -huh. It's sort of like a ghost hunters type book. Um, they, again, both these books are sort of geared like they say it's it's boom uh, boom box, so it's you know geared for um, a younger audience, but. Um, they're a little bit more adult than that, so I enjoyed it very much. I would not have. Um, I, I I just lost what I was going to say there. I apologize. I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, last, anyways. Um, so now that I've, I've dropped that there, Doc. Um, moving on to the next thing, uh, Dark Horse. Now there was a book this week that you did not see me reading. Apparently, um, I never played Gods of War. I've generally stayed away from video games over the past, like at least since I graduated, probably since I graduated from college. And so that's pretty much like 10 years now. No, seven years now, Jesus. Um, but 10 years of high school. But anyways, I I looked at it and I, it's a game that I've always been kind of interested in. And when I see a comic for a game that I'm interested in, like with Cyberpunk, it was kind of the same thing, but I thought the, that because of the confusion around the game and everything, I just, and how it's been advertised for so long, I thought I was like, coming in on something really like I know I am with gods of war, but I feel like if there's been comics for this before, it was maybe once before, but it's definitely trying to hype some stuff up. So it'll make it easier for people to get in on. Like it's definitely a thing that they do with movies now. Um, and they're doing with video games. I don't know how long they've been necessarily doing that for, but, um, God of war fallen God issue one came out this week and was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at this. I looked at it before the show in preparation for everything. And it's I'll tell you what, it's a fast read. Like that thing that <laughs> thing did not take long. Uh, but it was like, eh, okay. Like I might give it a second chance because we have like the review copies and stuff, and obviously that you know, to let the people know. But if I wasn't if I didn't have that ability, then I would probably be like, okay, what what are we doing here? Like it's yeah. I get what the message is, but it just feels so like eh. Yeah, I thought about reading this and uh and I, I, I wrote it on here, but I was like I'll mention it because there's God of War fans. I probably won't read it, but and then I saw that you did read it, so I was like, "Oh, I'm interested to 
to hear what you thought. It it sounds like what I expected. I'll report back on issue two, but it was just yeah, that's fine. But but you had I know for um for Dark Horse this week that they had uh North Norse mythology issue six come out. How was that? Uh, I haven't caught up on that. I'm in a couple issues behind, but it's, okay. it's it's been pretty good. It's Neil Gaiman, so you know what you're getting there. And then uh, Black Hammer Visions number two came out. Um, again, I haven't read the first issue yet. i got to okay. read this one as well, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Now, what I was trying to think of before when we were getting out of boom and I couldn't make that transition was something to do with Gillen because, you know, when I think of Gillen, I think of boom – Gillen is the first person that I think of. Um, probably Dan Moore right after yeah. that. Um, and of course, with Gillen, I also think of Image. But I like with Die as you know, we're still waiting on that. I have we have no updates. And it's, it's not till what May I think that's that's the April consumer. and May. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're waiting forever on that. So we're we're itching for for you know stuff from him as always. I know he's got uh, Eternals going on right now. But at Image this week, there was a first issue that we both ended up reading and. It was so the, the 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 title is Carmen issue one. I feel like I saw Scott Snyder tweet about it. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot, see what it's about. And it was weird. It was, it was very weird. Yeah, like it, it's it has it's it's weird enough that I'm intrigued. But like with Die, like when I read that, the reason why I wanted to bring that up was like they, they, that was weird. But it was the right kind of weird for me to keep going forward with this one. It, it's you know it seems to be centered around two female characters, which is not an issue for me ever. But I don't like, I don't know what they're trying to do here. I, I I mean to some extent I get what's going on, but there's a lot that's like, what what's the point of the the second character? You know, Carmen, right? And Title so character. it was weird because I think uh, with her character specifically, she was just never giving a straight answer. It was so she was always very flippant, and very. And it was I found that kind of frustrating. Mm. Because because as you're reading this book, you're very intrigued, you're very interested, but you want to have some answers. Yeah, this book and was not, frustrating. And, and you weren't getting any answers. And so it was weird. I'm interested. Uh, I'll definitely read issue two. But it was, I was very frustrated at the same time because I wanted some answers. And that main character was just always always just being you know, sarcastic or flippant or just mm -hmm. dancing around what you wanted, what you wanted to get, and you never got it. So yeah, um, that that was how I felt about so it. So I will say before you go into the other books that came up from Image this week, you know this versus God of War, of course, two two very different properties that we're talking right. about here. But I like God of War. I just walk away and I'm thinking, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. I would rather feel frustrated walking away from a book. Like I'm at least going to give that a chance yeah. because now it's like right, I'm getting an emotion out of this that can change. So I, like I will give it. A, you know, I will look at the second issue, but. I, I just like it's just I feel weird going into yeah. that next issue. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, but I'm, I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, but you know, I'm hesitant to say like I'm all in on it. Mm -hmm. um, Deep Beyond number two. This is written in art by Mirka and Dolfo. I haven't read this issue yet, but I loved uh, issue number one. Uh, Sea of Stars. Uh, I can't wait to read this issue. This has been a great series. Uh, talked about it on TLDR. Uh, before mm -hmm. and then, uh, lastly, from Image, Homesick Pilots number four. Uh, oh. This has been a great series. Uh, love it. This was a great issue. I read this one um, uh, earlier this morning, and uh, a good, good, good little horror book. Uh, our 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 guy uh, up to task. Also reading this book. He mentioned it when we interviewed him. Mm, uh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, this was a great one. Um, and then just kind of going down the line here, because there's a bunch of books here that I've got written down. Uh, from Vault, we have the Autumnal, um, number five. Yes. Come on, let's go, guys. So we need, we need to get to six so I can talk about it so I can read it. <laughs> so it, it seems like it, the last issue came out like two months ago, so a little bit of delay here. So I can't wait to uh, to read that. Um, from AWA Studios, Redemption number two came out. The first book was awesome. It's sort of like a, a, future, a futuristic, uh, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic Western. Um, awesome book from AWA. Um, and then a book that I grabbed on a whim. Uh, I've never read anything from Titan Books or Titan Studios, whatever they're called, but um, I'll hold it up here. Um, mm -hmm. Blade Runner Origins, number one. Uh, love Blade Runner. So I have no idea what to expect from this. I have no idea what it's about. Um, but I said, you know what? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give that a go. You know, we're here to try new things. So I'll report back on that hopefully. Uh, yeah, it's please too. I'm not a big Blade Runner guy personally, but I I mean if you like it then I might, I might give it a shot. The only yeah. Titan stuff I've ever read was Assassin's Creed stuff. Okay. But that's, you know, like we got um 
the the Valhalla Assassin's Creed stuff is over with Dark Horse now. So yeah. I don't know if that relationship ended and they decided Dark Horse is better you know, move right. for them. It would make sense. I feel like the that it looks like because we've seen with Cyberpunk, we're seeing God of War, uh, Assassin's Creed. It seems like Dark Horse is the place for video games to go to if they want to yeah. turn their stories into a comic book or extend that universe. Right. Um. But going over to Marvel before we get into the WandaVision House of M talk. Your guy, obviously, yeah, we talk about Chip Zdarsky, big week for him, of course. Daredevil yeah. issue 28. How far, where are you now? Are you are you fully caught up like ahead of issue 28? Uh, I've got to read 27. Okay. Yeah, so read 27 not- and 28 came out today. So I'll probably this this weekend or next week and go and, and, and pick up my stack of books and I'll, I'll be caught up on it by then. Okay, nice. Now, for me this week from, from Marvel, Wolverine Black, White, and Blood issue four came, is out and I've talked about it before. I think this is must read for anybody who likes Wolverine. A lot of people do. And you're not, even if you're not into comics or like you haven't been reading a ton, because like, of course, Marvel and DC can come across as very intimidating for everybody because like there's just so much to cover. How do I catch up? You know, I already know the character kind of, but I don't know him or her well enough. This is the kind of thing that can bring in new readers. This is an easy way to do it. So I highly recommend it because it's it's usually it's been three and three separate stories each series. It's an anthology series. It's about points in Wolverine's life. So if you're just familiar with that point in his life or you know it full well, it's like, you know, basically you start in an area that he was that people kind of know, and then it's just like a story in that point in time. So you just have to have surface level knowledge of the character. And it's fun. And it's just Wolverine being like being himself, whether that's psycho being kind of trying to be calculated sometimes and then of course there's some leasing um emotional all these different things so and if you can't find the first three issues you know it sucks i would go on comicsology or uh, you know something like that wherever they end up being available but even if you just want to start at the fourth one i haven't read it yet but i can guarantee you'll be fine just picking yeah. that one up you know you'll just want to go find the other three after because you're going to like it um, another thing that came out this week that is X-Men related, we actually have two first issues that you and I wanted to highlight. I wanted to highlight Children of the Atom uh, issue one, which I am going to go back and read. So this is an X-Men teen team. And I'm in on it just for the fact that we have one, we have a, we have a female character who has like a gambit like outfit and gambit like powers. Doc picked up the gambit pop this week and I, I got to give it a shot. I just, I wouldn't, I would feel wrong like i wouldn't feel like a true gambit fan if i didn't do that so i'm very excited to see what that ends up looking like i have no real expectations at this point but um that'll be fun what's the first issue that you have for marvel this week so i have no idea what it's about uh i had no intention of picking up reading it but i saw this particular cover i had to grab it and it's non-stop spider-man number one and i'm gonna hold it up there for the people watching um so this is um this this i picked it up because this cover is done by scotty young Mm. And I love his art. He, you know, he he actually did Middle West, and um, he's got a couple of books. He does a lot of cover art for a lot for a lot of things. So uh, I'm excited to kind of see what this is about. I have no idea. Uh, I mm. love Spider Man, so um, I'll give it a go and see if it's something I'll I'll keep reading. I don't know if it's a. I'm assuming it's probably some sort of limited run. But uh, we'll find out. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Scotty Young did a really good job with Rocket. I and Rocket and Grew. I, I, what, all this. I have that stuff. And if you ever want to read it, but just let me know. I'll bring it yeah. to you. I, I really think that he did a good job. And it's like it, it, there is a kidsy vibe to it too. But you know, we both like reading, you know, young adult stuff or whatever. Like you're, you're talking about your boom books that that yeah. the boom box books that are like that. I and I think there's, there's definitely a place for that. And it doesn't matter, you know, kid, adult, whatever. Those something if it's really well done. It's going to appeal to both. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, that's, we, we, it, I, we can't hold off any longer, Doc. I'm like, as we're going through what's new, I'm, ex- I'm enjoying it, but I'm dying to talk about the one, not, not the Department of Truth, uh, <laughs> WandaVision and House of M and how, yes. like, why we care about it, why you know, Marvel MCU fans should care about it, even though you haven't read the books. Of course, they, they pull from the comics, they respect the comics, but there are things that they, that the MCU will go in you know, change around a little bit. And that's why I want to talk about it today because we saw what happened in WandaVision and there's stuff to compare, contrast, but more importantly, like there's stuff that we both believe is still absolutely in play in the house of M. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Before we go uh, any further, we should, we should mention, we're going to be full spoilers on both uh, WandaVision and house of M because you, you really can't talk about either at this point without, you know, doing a deep dive on those. So, um, if you if you haven't caught up on WandaVision yet, 
you should really do so. It was really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and, and House of M. Why are you watching or listening yeah. to us? I guess. And, and uh, <laughs> if you haven't read House of M, uh, you should definitely go do that as well. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, deep dive into all of this. And so, I don't know. Where do you want to start, Nick? Well, I, I mean, first. <sighs> All right, I've you know we've everybody in the Dork Shared Universe has talked about Wandavision this week to some extent, except for Shime and yourself. Right. Uh, Shime can go do it on his freaking Twitch stream while he's playing with himself. What did you think about Wandavision? Yeah, I loved it. I think I think Wandavision achieved everything it was supposed to achieve and achieved everything that Marvel wanted it to achieve. Because I mean, when did when did Endgame um, come? Oh, Two thousand nineteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while. So for the better part of a decade, Nick, we were getting Marvel properties released multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. And so from 2010, you know, to 2019, whatever, you know, the buzz for Marvel had never been higher, right? I mean, it was just cranking out uh, content at, at an exceptional level. And this is the longest that we've gone. And, and part of that was because coronavirus. <laughs> as you like to say. Yeah, I don't know what right? you're talking about. <laughs> Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Yeah. But you know, so that so that you know changed some plans and and so like when when Disney had their big you know uh announcement when they were you know talking about all the stuff for phase four, when they talked about okay, we're doing WandaVision, you've got to watch WandaVision to know what's going on in Doctor Strange, we're doing XY, all, all this stuff, and then we got this massive delay. So what WandaVision did really well was it got people excited again, right? Not that, okay, people didn't give a shit about Marvel anymore, but it finally put the MCU back in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it got everyone talking on a week-to-week basis about the buzz. I mean, Goo made up a fucking podcast. He's got a whole new podcast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, him and Wes, I've got WandaVision and, and, and whatever Soon to be Caps be. Booze. Caps Booze, right? And so... It created this this speculation. Who's going to appear? What does this mean? What does that mean? Look at all these Easter eggs. So it really got people buzzing again. Mm-hmm. Um, it it and the last two things that it did was it 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 it, uh, it it found a way to bring Vision back into the fold, right? Without mm-hmm. giving him his own movie. Um, but this is a term that that gets 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 is hated around these parts. But ultimately, what WandaVision was, it, it was a bridge property. Okay. It took us from phase yeah. three yeah, to yeah. phase four, right? When you said that, I was like, I was, I did get annoyed when you texted me. Like, it felt like a bridge property. And I think it's more, I, I like more in this case, it's like, there are definitely times where that's applicable, where it's a bridge story or, a bridge, you know, like we talk about it with issues, comics issues all the time. Like, you get bridge comics and it's like, well, what the, f-? like, like, why do we get so many of those? And it gets so annoying. And then it's just a bridge to nothing at yeah. the end. I felt like this was more of a table setter for the phase four. And I actually got into a little spat with Mac about it because he brought up something that I kind of overlooked in the course of things that the way they developed Wanda, that, that didn't get lost on me. I don't think that got lost on anybody that watched the show, but where before with phase one at the start of MC, the MCU, you had Tony Stark who you everybody got invested in from the jump. Now they did the same thing or a similar thing with Wanda, but now what I see, and this is where I think Mac, like in a different opinion, you have a character who you're invested in and, and everybody gives a shit about, like a huge shit about. Before, what happened with, with Endgame, right? Or with um, with Infinity War? Everybody was invested in Thanos, but it was a little bit different. You knew he was the villain. He won some people over, sure. So people thought, you know, Thanos was entirely wrong. But now you're taking that person and turning, like, turning a, a what, Th- what could be Thanos in a sense down the line she could end up turning into the villain or the major problem however you want to look at it but you're putting her at the center of things like you did with tony stark i I don't know if that's what the plan is but it sure as hell freaking feels like it after what they did and after what we see at the end even though it's a tiny little thing at the end of wandavision it's it's it feels and then that's why it brings us to house of m because there's so much that she did there and it has set the table for her to do that a thousand percent yeah yeah, I mean, like, and, and I I agree with all of that, you know, and and it can be both, you know, a bridge and, and a table setter, right? But I mean, at the at the end of the day, when you take a look at Wandavision, it was nine episodes. Mm-hmm. You really probably could have cut it down to six, right? And and all, you know, at the end, what we got out of it was Vision's back, 
I mean, we already knew how powerful Wanda Maximoff was. Right. Yeah, now, I mean, we knew from the comics and stuff, we knew there wasn't a cap on her power. Like, so it right. is just furthering that, yes. Right. And and so, but what, what this does is now, you know, it, it, it really is, is setting up what I think. You know, it, it takes us from the events of Endgame mm-hmm. and now catapults, right? So I think, you know, Bridge and Table Setter are almost one. Yeah, fine. One, one, one gets right. me a little more upset than the other because I think there is a difference, but I get Six what in one hand, half dozen in the other. But sure, that, whatever. That's, that's what it did. It, but it was perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did it. It did it brilliantly because where the MCU can go from here on out is, is really infinite. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, that's, and that's because of what we saw in house. of M. I mean, like I, I just or rather they, it, it's infinite because of what they did there. A thousand percent. We just see that house of M in terms of connecting the dots and everything as we, as we all try and look ahead and try to figure out what, what's the plan next, right? Like, you know, we didn't get Dr. Strange. They go and pull Fiatro on us. We didn't see that coming. Well, when we look at house of M and, we heard leading up to it that it was going to pull things from House of M. It, it, it just makes too much sense. At the same time, Doc and I are fully aware of everybody, like, like you guys are, because we're all too smart to not know. Like They're not going to do the same exact thing that they did in oh. the comics. I mean, just right. look at Civil War and stuff. It was just so not Civil War. And in a way, for me, that was – I was a little disappointed like looking back on it, but – it's still it's its own thing. It's awesome. Like, and that's what we, we kind of have to take these things are. Like, yes, it's inspired by the comics, but that's the thing. It's inspired. It's not right. the same thing. Same, so, same thing with Infinity War. Right. right. Same so, thing. and that's why, and we're gonna try and connect the dots and see where they could go. What they did with House of M and where they could go. So, just a quick synopsis for those who haven't read House of M or who haven't read it in a long time, because Lord knows, I mean, it's it came out what oh five, so it's been yeah. a long ass time. The Avengers and the X-Men are faced with a common foe that becomes their greatest threat, Wanda Maximoff. The Scarlet Witch is out of control, and the fate of the entire world is in her hands. Will Magneto help his daughter or use her powers to his own benefit? The stunning conclusion will be felt for years to come in the Marvel Universe, starring the astonishing X-Men and the new Avengers. So what were your thoughts on you know going back given this another read again, it's, it's been a long last time. I mean, like I, it's been so long that I thought I told you as we were getting ready for this read X-Men versus Avengers, because I think that will work. And I forgot those took place like seven years apart from one another. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I remember, I think when this came out, I remember reading it and then I don't think I ever finished house of them. Oh, it's your guy, Brian Michael Bendis, right? Brian, well, I don't, I, yeah. Um, and so, because I was, uh, uh, I you know, started and then I was off to chiropractic school and then I just didn't read comics for a very long time. Mm. Um, and so I, I reread this again and finished it uh, very recently, you know, getting ready for the show here. And what I'll say is, I mean, everyone thought before WandaVision started that it was, it was, it was going to be some form of House of M. And it was, but just the absolute bare minimum. Yes. Right? Just the absolute bare minimum. It almost like set the table for it. Or uh, yeah, or, or bridge the gap. I don't know, know about that. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but what I what I think what I think we're gonna get is I think we're gonna get House of M as the Doctor Strange movie. Okay. Right. So taking reading read so 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 rereading House of M. Uh, and and seeing the role that Doctor Strange plays in that, uh, but also you know setting up where you know w- with all the events that happened with Wanda, we, we we get a taste of that in WandaVision, where you know she's 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 dealing with her her stages of grief, and she's she hasn't quite had a psychotic break, but there's signs of it there, and 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 what she did to this town of you know of Westview was. Very, very abnormal, but she was mm-hmm. just trying to, I think, come to grips with some shit. She's yeah. not a full-on psychotic break. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Thanos. Like it, it's there's differences, but he, she, she's like trying to cope. She's trying. She's doing yes. what she feels is right. Like Thanos thought he felt what he was doing was right and just, like and fair. Right. So it's, it's similar in that sense. Obviously, it's, there's it's, staunch differences, but right. And so with House of M, she's in full-on psychotic break mode. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out, you know, what do we do? You know, Xavier, you know, what do we do with Wanda? Because I can't keep her under control 
for much longer. Right. And, and Doc, so, when we read House when we read House of M, like she's full blown, she goes full crackers. But oh. at the same time, does she go like we're not dealing with like I'm trying we're not dealing with Enchantress, right? Like when she goes like full nutso at the end of at the end of Suicide Squad. Right. I know it's like a bad example, but like that's full crazy, right? Yeah. Like we don't see that here. She like in House of M, like she's obviously her actions speak very loudly, but the way she talks and composes herself, it's just like what we see at the end of uh, at the end of um WandaVision. Very similar. Just the, the magnitude of everything. And and the overall uh, scope of it is, is is much different, mm-hmm. right? Of course, of course. And, and 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 one of the differences being is that she's being kept under wraps in one, and mm-hmm. and and not in the other. You know what I mean? Like in WandaVision, there, you know, we 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 always thought, oh, someone's pulling the strings here. We you know, we were guessing, is it Mephisto? Maybe Agnes is the one pulling the strings, or and we didn't get any of that. It was just Wanda trying to figure you know figure out what her deal was right, right? exactly she's, try- she's trying she's trying to 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 process you know all the grief that she has suffered through her life whereas in house of m uh it's 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 just a full-on she can't control it anymore and and she's got xavier you know and and, and magneto keeping her under wraps and then when they lose that ability to do so everything changes right and, and, and to me that's going to be the multiverse of madness Mm-hmm. I think it's a good call on your part. I, I looked at it as, as we were getting ready, and part, part of why I was so excited because it makes too much sense to not have this be like the next big thing, the next like important phase or next couple phases, whatever, like how you're going to work things out with Wanda, like having her be at the center of it based on what they did with WandaVision too and just her powers. It all makes too much sense. And trying to bring in the mutants and whatnot yeah. too, all of it's there. So like, I never thought of it as – that's what the multiverse of madness is going to be. I think that we'll see a lot of it, or it could be like as much as this was the spark that lit the flame. I think that could be more so like where things kind of get like it, for the chaos really starts to get going because so like just to go through over a couple of differences and, and, and I like my general thoughts in house of him, I really liked it. I thought, um, I think that it it will tra- it can translate really well to the big screen if you use the bones of it because there were there are some changes that you're going to have to make. Um, the biggest difference between House of M and WandaVision is just Wanda's reach. In in WandaVision, as you mentioned, it's just Westview. You go to House of M, it's the entire fucking planet. And then what she does at the end is where you know I know Wes has talked about it a lot and changed my mind, like where. And, and where we said like it could be in in House of M, it's no more mutants at the end. Well, in in this, it could be like where she creates mutants and and keep and keeps it that way. Like they, they stick around. So and obviously things get corrected in time and in and, and Marvel and all that stuff. But um, so that was the big difference. Vision is dead in House of M, and there are other characters that are dead. Pietro is very much alive, as you would expect in House of M. And he plays a huge ass fucking role in the course of things. Again, we're full of spoilers. He is he's the spark that fucking like he's the one that gets Wanda going and, and causes her to create this whole world. Yeah, um catalyst for sure. Wanda's kids are very much in play in the course of all this, but again, that like this is why I've been arguing with Wes and telling like they're not real. Now I see how they and obviously we have Wiccan, we have speed that are around in the comics, and they are Wanda's kids, but it's a little different and and Again, this is where the MCU can kind of change things up a little bit. Uh, there's all the issues in Mephisto. Those are kind of the big differences that I think are worth noting in all this. Well, yeah, because, you know, what House of M does is, and, I, and it just hit me as you were talking, um, you know, at the end of House of M, right, Wanda Maximoff does her version of the Thanos snap, mm-hmm. right, where she mm-hmm. doesn't essentially wipe them away from existence, but she gets rid of most you know 90 percent of the mutant population's powers yes yes right so so you see this transition and and there was there was this talk about you know is wanda maximoff a villain is she going to become the next big bad or a big bad and i think it's there i wouldn't say that what we saw in house of m uh, or sorry what we saw in wandavision was wanda being a villain that was just a woman grieving yeah, and I think for what you see in most of uh, House of M, you're not seeing a villain. You're seeing a woman who's grieving. But then at the end, you you get that. There's the switch from grieving woman to potential massive villain. That is, yeah, because the reason that so all right to bring everybody up to speed as much as we went through the synopsis, 
in House of M, where Wanda can't have her kids, like you know, Xavier's saying that they're not real, they never existed, which is not the case. Um, her like she's trying to find a way to she, her, her brother helps her and kind of pushes her, and she realizes why can't I make a world where I give everybody what they want and what she did to the people of Westview she essentially did that to the entire world except they weren't these people weren't in pain she just changed the world altered reality where her kids exist where the mutants she gave her father what he wanted the mutants are the dominant race like they're not they're already homo superior yeah yeah homo superior um there are still homo sapiens but like they're the lesser race is basically like it's like a known thing and all like all the superheroes that we've seen, like they, like some of them still exist, but then there are some who, um, like Luke Cage, he's not yeah. the superhero that he was. Spider Man is obviously very different, but he still like has he's still Spider Man. Uh, Carol Danvers is still like she's still a superhero, but he Wonder Man is dating her, and they're talking about it in the story. Yeah. And it's like even though she's you know not a mutant, so like they're looked yeah. down upon. But everybody thinks that that's just how the world's always been, except for one fucker, one son of. A the, that, he, that snarly that little bastard. bastard he is fucking wolverine so yeah. obviously when we talk about it with like you can't do the same thing in the comic in the movies or the shows that you can necessarily do with the mcu you run into that problem here because you can't do that with wolverine right now even if you introduce him you know unless you introduce him in this phase separately i just still don't know how you would do that because this yeah. seems like the way we're going to get the um the mutants yeah, we're I'm, we're getting the mutants. That, but the problem with you run into with Wolverine is you his his care unless they got Hugh Jackman to reprise his role, which is highly unlikely. You'd have to introduce a new Wolverine, a new actor. You'd have to introduce him somehow. I just think that that's more trouble than what it's worth. And I don't know mm -hmm. if they have enough time to do that because. You've already got a, an end date for or release date for Doctor Strange. Right. And it's got to happen before then. It yes. really does. And unless they've done yeah. it and they've been able to keep it under wraps, mm -hmm. right? It's just yeah. it's just not not going to happen. So we've seen we've seen Marvel do this. We, like in Infinity War, right? Adam Warlock was the main uh, good guy in Infinity War, and in in our, in, in in MCU's version, it's it's Iron Man. It's it's in as much as uh -huh. roles, you know, Doctor Strange was only the real it was the only character that really played as a significant a role in both the comics and the movies. That he so did. you think Warlock could end up being uh, Wolverine in all this? Oh, possible. I mean, they, they I like that a lot more because when we were talking about it beforehand, you said Spider Man. I wouldn't change Spider Man's role from House of M to want like to I wouldn't MCU. either. I like it, but I could see why they might do it. Because mm -hmm. Spider-Man has become more of a prominent character, uh, you know, in the MCU. But it's harder to – for me, Doc, like with Wolverine, his mind is just fucked up all the time. Right. Whereas – but at the same time, Wanda's giving him exactly what he wants, his memories back. That's what, yeah. And that's what she did. She gives all the people that are close to her, she gives them what they want. Like Scott Summers and, and Emma Frost are married. Um, and, and, and there's a bunch of different stuff. But like that – that's why with Spider-Man, I have a tougher time with it. Adam Warlock, why not? Yeah, that, and that'd be a, you know that, that's a character that you could introduce a lot easier than I think I think Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And I know I know uh, people I know like uh, you know you know the Dork guys and a lot of people had an issue with uh, Quicksilver with Pietro in Wandavision because mm -hmm. he ended up just being Ralph Boner, you know, and yeah. he ended up just being a nobody. But what that does. It's because they brought in that actor from the Fox movies, because they use his likeness and his, you know, you know, Pietro, that that right there, even though we got nothing, you know, in WandaVision, um, what that does is it opens up the floodgates because now Marvel can say, you know, listen, that franchise, 100% in play. And any of those actors that they got to play in those movies, if they if if they can sign them. And they have a role for them. They could, they 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 could bring them aboard. But they're not. I mean, I have a hard time imagining that they're going to go and turn Evan Peters into Quicksilver now, unless Wanda. Well, right, but they don't have to. Right, unless, unless Wanda goes and alters everything, alters reality completely. Because now I will say what they've done is if she she can bring. Okay, this is you know among the details that we need to cover and all this. So in WandaVision, 
we have director Hayward who says to Wanda, like, you can't bring someone back to the, from the dead or whatever. But now she's already done what she did with Vision. Now, of course, the Mind Stone did all of that, but we've seen like her powers are quite expansive and she's just scratching the surface with all of this. In House of M and the events leading up to House of M, Vision dies, Scott Lang, Ant-Man dies, and Hawkeye dies. Okay, and they're all Wanda's fault because of this mental breakdown she yeah. had, and it brings in all these people, all these villains and stuff like that. This whole huge battle that happens. In the end, Vision gets rebuilt. Um, Scott Lang, WandaVision eventually brings him back because she goes back in time and gets him. So that's in play with Pietro, like with Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro. He could very much do that. I mean, that could have been why they did it. Like they said, we're not going to use him. We're not going to use this Quicksilver for that. But she could also turn now that she looks at him and saw Quicksilver for a bit, she could turn him into the actual Quicksilver, Evan Peters. So that's all in play. And somebody that died, Hawkeye, she brought him back. Then her fake kids in House of M ended up killing him. Then when the world gets reset again, at the end of it, when she makes no more mutants, he's not back at the end of House of M, but Hawkeye does. And like, we don't see him directly, but he's back. Like yeah. he, 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 she brought him back. So yeah. Wanda has all these powers, like Black Widow, somebody like that could, or Iron Man. She could bring some of these people back if she wanted to. Yeah. And, 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 and like I was saying is that the fact that they just used that property, right? Like I'm not saying they're going to bring him back, but they, they acknowledged a character from uh, a different franchise that they up until recently weren't even allowed to. That's why we have Wanda Maximoff and, and, and Aaron Tyler, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, right? They weren't be, they weren't able to call Quicksilver. They weren't able to call him Scarlet Witch. Like, you know, so but now now they can they can use those characters. You use the, that property. I mean, what you're going to get in Spider Man, what you're going to get in Doctor Strange. I mean, what you see in House of M is uh, as you talked about the entire world. She changes the entire world to be a perfect image of what will make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. Right, but that's going to have consequences. It, it, you know, and you see people that. as closest to her that are happy. Right, and so you know, you got to think that that's going to play a role in what you know where we see Wanda at the end of WandaVision and where she'll end up by the time we get to to Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. She's going to snap at some point, mm -hmm. and you know, we're, you're, we're going to get mutants, man. We're gonna we're gonna be getting. Well, there's no question shit. about that, Doc. It's a matter of. Who's going to bring the mutants? What event or what, you know, what is it a substance? Because at the end of it all, if you go and start making the mutants now, like we talk about Wolverine, this is a guy who's been around for centuries and everything like that. And and, and what now we're just going to insert him here and overnight he became a mutant. That's the, that defeats the whole purpose. Wanda is the one who's capable of putting into everybody's right. mind that mutants have always existed. And what happens with the no more mutants, like effectively a, the snap that she did, the people who, so in the course of it all, right? Like, so Wolverine's the one person before that he's like the catalyst and all this, where once Wanda switches the world around the first time, she, he starts, um, he realizes like, this isn't right. Like I have, I know what's going on here, but this is really the way the world is supposed to be. They end up coming across a character who's able to unlock those memories for everybody. And as they go along, so like Spider-Man, he runs into these issues of like, I know what my life was like Mary Jane Watson, like she, she, they're married in, in the main line, but he's seeing what's going on here. She's now a movie star. She's now made it. She hasn't made it while she's been married to him. So he's having a tough time yeah. with that. And that, and like, that's what I mean. Like Wanda can go and do that where a lot of people are going to think like mutants have just always been around. So we, the viewers won't think they've always been around, but Wanda, like what the way Wanda can go about doing it, it seems plausible to us. And for the, all the characters in the stories, they're going to think they've always been around because Wanda can make that happen. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that because are they going to, are they going to do it in a way where, oh, man, I've got, they have the bones for it. Like, that's what I mean. Like, that's what, that's yeah. why we're doing all this. Of course, like it, they have that yeah. there at their disposal. Yeah, I'm just wondering now. Now the question just becomes how how do they do it, right? Because we're all anticipating that it happens. But you mm -hmm. make a great point. Like they just can't just introduce these characters like out of thin air. They're gonna have to 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 build it up somewhere. And so, oh man, it, do you, that's why I say like your your, your multiverse idea, your multiverse madness idea. I think it's more it's gonna be the catalyst 
that like then or like the, not the catalyst. The, the WandaVision is the catalyst, but it's yeah. going to be that next step in the story. Yeah. It's not going to be like the whole thing because this is not something you can just do all at once. Yeah, but what's going to lead up to that? I guess is my is is the bigger question. Like mm-hmm. what what leads up to you know quote unquote the the multiverse you know in, in, uh, of madness like. W- w- where where are we going to see that psychotic break happen? Right, I think we're well. I mean, when we see her kids and, and the whole issue, we hear we hear from them at the end of the, of everything. I think that's what's going to keep pushing her over the edge because just like because that's what pushed her over in the comics is it's her right. kids. And in the comics, for those wondering, like as I've talked to Wes about it before, just to finally put some real clarity on it, she got her kids way back, and it was her kids and Vision's kids, and it was Billy and Tommy. They came from like Mephisto, like like from her soul, from his soul, excuse me. And then at one point, he ends up taking them back and using them for other purposes. So this whole time, like people said, Wanda, your kids aren't there. They never were real. All this stuff. Well, later on, her kids are born. They are twins, and they meet one another, and they find like they're they, they were born from different parents, but it's still the same soul of like yeah. Wanda Maximoff kids. So that's like where you get Wiccan and you get Speed and all of that. So that can all still very much happen, and that's why like Wanda is going to continue to get pushed and try and save her kids somehow. And that's why we you know we didn't get Mephisto. At least we don't think we did in WandaVision. I mean, there could have been someone who was there that really was. I mean, maybe the mailman yeah. still. I know Wes has been holding that hope. <laughs> like that's, that is still very much in play in how we can get Wiccan and others in, uh, introduced in all of this. So yeah, I, the possibilities are endless, Doc, but I think we've laid out pretty good, like the major ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm still convinced that, you know, because, the, you know, I think, you know, when Marvel came out, I mean, they we, we've known the, the title for Doctor Strange for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Multiverse of madness. And there's so many things that, that are implied with that. And we know sort of how Marvel works where they like to okie dokie. I mean, like just take a look at, at Paul Bettany saying, you know, oh, this is going to be a cameo from an actor who I've never gotten to work with before. I'm excited to work with. And it's, it's him fucking self. Yeah. That, right. That, so that. They, 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 it was a great troll job. They okie doke the shit out of, I mean, that was one of greatest defeat. I mean, greatest feat. Is that they okie doke the shit out of everyone for every single fan theory? Who's the cameo? I mean, I thought Xavier was gonna, you know, could could make an appearance. How fucking awesome would that have been? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no. It's nope. just it's just what you got was further development of this character. Reintroduce this character into into the universe so that it makes sense. And uh, oh, by the way, we can now use this franchise's property. I mean, when you boil it all down, that's essentially what WandaVision was. So they okie doke the shit out of everyone and they did a really good job at it. And so, you know, the multiverse of madness, where they set Wanda up at the end of this and reading house of M and knowing that she's still, you know, obsessed about her kids. She Mm -hmm. wants to know where she wants her fucking kids. And Mm -hmm. that, that in and of itself is the, the major catalyst to all of this. And then you've got, you know, people saying, you know, why don't you do this? And I can't get, there's so much that goes on with that. And then the world that she creates, and then how do they get out of that? Like, that's where I think this is going to be similar, but also much different because I don't know if there's going to be a Layla character, uh, you know, in in Dr. Strange. I think that's, that's Dr. Strange's job. Maybe is, is, is to like Wanda's created this, this alternate universe, this, you know, where nothing is as it seems up is down, down is up cats and dogs getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and strange has to be the one that pulls it all, all back again. And we're yeah. going to, I think, see the seeds of that planted in Spider-Man because we know from all the casting, right. All, all the different multiverses. Right. Yeah, right? that, are, that are in yeah. play there. Well, right. yeah, right. We, we, we think. The thing that Marvel does so well is, among, among other things, is they know how to, like, with one story, start another. And that's yeah. whether that's introducing a character or just planting little seeds like you do it like, like they do in the comics. Right? You bring yeah. up a little thing and then it's like, oh, now let's pull on this thread a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's what they did more, more like above all right. else with WandaVision. Now the stuff that the reach that she gets, you need to see her do this in order to buy yeah. into her 
Yes. Doing what she did in Wanda uh, in a House of M because it's yeah. different than the comics where we've already seen her for so long. And we know her powers. Right. She can just 100%. do that, whatever. You need something. You need evidence. The audience yeah. needs evidence beforehand. So I think that's what they did so well in the course of all this. So I'm, yeah. I, I put this, I deem this a success. I'm, oh, I'm massive, massive. Especially when you go back and consider House of M. So we hope that you, you know, by all means, there's plenty more in the book. Like it's still, like there's a lot more to the story, but. In terms of you know analyzing for the MCU going forward, that's the that's the, the crux of all, everything. Um, but anyways, um, real quick with the DSG book club, I know that uh, you. I, I just wanted to you know we had a listener mention that she read Sarah and uh, Philadelphia both by my recommendation. So I just want to say you know <laughs> that was uh, bravo, Nick. Bravo yes, for, yes. for the recommendation there. Uh, yes, I, I did. I think that uh, I was just spot on with Philadelphia, especially. Yeah, so. yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. I'll make sure you know. Uh, hopefully Rodney's watching and listening and, and uh, you know, he can shower you with the uh, appropriate praise. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to touch on that really quickly, but uh, I know you guys over now you guys are doing your season one wrap up right over on uh, I've heard it both ways, right? The lone podcast, not talking about WandaVision this week. Yeah. Yep. The lone podcast, not talking about WandaVision. We'll be doing our season one recap with uh, a special guest uh, of the crossing state lines podcast, Jacob Morocco. Nice. Yeah. So Jake will Makes be joining us. Yeah. Yep. So he'll be joining us tomorrow night. We got we got some fun planned for that. So uh, uh, Thursday night at eight thirty. I've heard it both ways. Uh, uh, tune in. Also, uh, DSG Book Club Swaggins. Oh, reading Dog Man. She loves it. Who's that by? Uh, I think the, uh, the author's name is like Dave Pilkey. He wrote uh, Captain Underpants. Oh, okay. So, so she so it's it's a big it's a thick you know it's and it's it's in comic style and so I read it to her and she absolutely loves it. Awesome. Awesome. So until next week, Doc, stay sexy.